0: righty,
1: All right guys, welcome back to the Fitness and Philosophy podcast. Today we are going to be discussing tradition and fitness. How are you doing today, James?
0: I'm doing great. I'm doing great. Thank you for the little uh what's it called? What's the word language for a uh a pre podcast conversation? Prologue? Prelogue?
1: Prologue. Warm up. Warm up. Warm up, yeah. Warm
0: ups are not stupid. Yes. For uh podcasts.
1: We yeah, I mean I I almost feel like I mean cuz you know, it depends on the time but that can sometimes be 20 30 minutes like that should be its own sub podcast. Yeah, the behind the scenes.
0: That's right. Well, it is. I have my phone on. So um yeah. I got some info in there on you I can uh, I'll pull out when when's necessary. Have you ever seen like, you know?
1: Have you ever seen honest trailers? Do you know what I'm talking about? No okay it, it's basically these comedic takes on on movies kind of like uh they're they're pretty funny they they do like a send-up of like the matrix of spider-man movies i'll i'll send you one but anyway okay. they're, they're maybe like six seven minutes long you know lambasting dune or what have you just just fun but then they have like a 50 minute commentary that's they have like yeah. a 50 minute like making the dune thing so like you know we could have a the, the pre-podcast podcast but
0: yeah, I love that. Um, man, with all the uh, long form podcasts, by the way, uh, I heard one podcaster say to his uh, listeners, What's up, podcats? I thought that was pretty cool. So we, we may want to start with a different version than that. You know, we wouldn't want to get into the cat dog controversy, but um, um, I think we have to go further to the dog side with our historical oh, yeah. history, right? By all means, right? Yes. So what's up, Pod Dogs? What's up, Pod Dogs? Yeah.
1: Well, it's it's, it's no hey. longer uh, it's no longer big dogs. So hey, can we uh, can we? That's right.
0: Let's use it. Yeah. Pod the Pod Dog Pod. Anyways, we'll work with it. But my whole point there is uh the uh, you know the, they also mentioned that uh, yeah people are really interested in this long form podcast now, and I was thinking okay cool. Um, but inside the tube, the whole system with the prevalence and rise of so many people doing so many podcasts, isn't that, you know, what's your thoughts on that is like, (laughs) who's listening to anything. If, if all those a hundred podcasts come up, I think it's like 10 million, by the way, I found the number 10 million available, uh, podcasts. And this is, this is the point that are listened to. Right. So there's lots of podcasts and no one will never listen to kind of like the big dogs podcast. But the. uh, uh, So I don't know what's your thoughts on that, like, does that is that essentially like pull away an audience down to a unique audience? And then are we just getting into a a bubble of speaking to people who only want to listen to us? And isn't that the whole reason why we started it is to get into other areas? It's like substack issue I see going on, right? Everyone's like, oh, it's the new it's the new blog. And I saw what happened with the blog. Everyone's like, oh, this allows everyone to be a writer, everyone to voice their opinion. And guess what happened after 15 years? Journalism is, no one knows what journalism is anymore. And now you have paywalls and like little tight areas that you can get into and listen to this person speak. Only 5.99 a month. You know what I mean, so it's not "quote unquote" that free information anymore. Sort of take us off on that note. Thoughts?
1: No, I mean it, it's an interesting one. I, I I I wonder if I took a screenshot of this on my phone. I did see something like that, and but they were talking about it in the context of like, should you start a podcast? But they were saying like something like only twenty percent of the ten million available like actually have continuous ongoing episodes. Yeah. Like you know, are things mm-hmm. that was just like abandoned. Yeah. Uh, so that that was just thought one in terms of like you know who's actually continuing with it and sticking with it. But dude, that's 2 million. Oh, absolutely. (laughs) Do you know how many zeros are in millions? (laughs) No, that's true. I mean, the second thing I think there is, it's just interesting from a attention span perspective that things like YouTube videos and podcasts have gotten increasingly longer, whereas TikToks and Reels are just like, as our attention span has gotten shorter, like podcasts for some reason, maybe it's because people listen to them on the drive or in other contexts, but it's interesting how as far as I'm aware from what I see of like top podcasts and what I know it's like the longer ones are typically um, the ones that are doing well. Um, And then the third thought I had is, yeah, I mean, with the niching thing, I I think I tend to agree with you in a lot of ways. I mean, I, I do wonder, you know, kind of like you've talked about before with like a Walter Cronkite or like the paper of record or something like that, people being able to go back to it. Um, you know, I, I i don't I don't know with kind of our current situation how one um, maybe it is worse, but I'm not sure how one changes that with like we have you just specific, go to North
0: Korea. <laughs> yeah,
1: North Korea. Here, here's your news world report. All the news that's fit. I just
0: found a way without us going into a quagmire and a philosophical dilemma based upon what I just proposed to think about. Um, I do see this as a possible segue into tradition. You know, we could we can kind of tie in tradition and fitness inside of that too and hopefully maybe we'll bring it up you know because I want I want to discuss uh, you know where where the, the 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 well-intentioned voice of fitness you know using Walter Cronkite, right? you know there's some positives to that. you know you could argue through all the negatives of propaganda and what is real and et cetera and directions and et cetera but, um, if you got like you know sixty five thousand Walter Cronkites, and you know on a background level they're split into thirds, you know of belief, right? And you know where I was going with that. Um, then you have, you know, you have. It should make sense when you have this big issue with like what is speech, what is freedom of speech, what is, you know, wh- what is real, what is what is true. Yeah, I mean it should make sense, right? Oh, it's, but, but now take a fitness light into that, right? There used to be, um, you know, just a few voices that people could look to, right? Um, and, uh, and there's just a lot of voices. So that's, that's, that's okay. But uh, for the collective interest of what we're trying to do in the big movement of fitness forward in knowledge towards wisdom, um, got a problem. Right. Got a problem. So we'll tie in tradition in there. like.
1: Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, I, I think that's, I mean, whether it's today with different fitness traditions or just in general with, you know, there, as we'll probably talk about, there were certain benefits to being part of a particular group culture and having a set of yeah. beliefs and a way of life and a set of ethics. Of course, there are multiple downsides to that dogmatism and, you know, the deepest things you believe about the universe and your deepest uh, ethical thoughts being imposed from, outside of you, you know, and then Kant and others talking about the notion of autonomy and, um, self-knowledge and, and things like that. So yeah, I, I, it, it is something that I feel like they're, they're very interesting philosophical questions on both sides, because there's definitely something that's being lost when certain traditions are being given up, uh, certainly something that's being lost when it's 65,000 different voices and maybe the question is, which is the, uh, the least bad of the two or which is the better, the better one. So mm-hmm. So, like we were saying at the beginning, beginning, we're going to talk about tradition and fitness today. So, our last episode was progress in fitness, and you know we don't always do couplets, but this this actually I think serves as a nice couplet um, where we were talking about is there a possibility for fitness to progress and to um, move forward, or should just we go back and it's just you know the same things that we have gleaned from evolution and just repeated uh, over a long period of time and that leads us to the question of tradition and what role does that play in fitness and are there fitness traditions and which ones should we listen to and which ones sh- shouldn't we so first thing to start off with is just basic definition right so what, what is tradition so the passing down of elements of a culture from generation to de- generation especially by oral communication that's something that i mentioned in here like for all of human history up until agriculture and civilization tradition was oral. And even, even after the written word, like literacy is a fairly recent phenomenon where we're talking about, like for the vast majority of people,
0: yeah, like 10,000, so, 10,000 10, years, 12,000.
1: Well, and that's, that's the introduction of literacy. And like people are writing stuff okay. down, but the vast majority of the population is not literate until right. yep. like, very, very, very recently. Okay. Um, a motor thought of be, uh, a mode of thought or behavior followed by people continuously from generation to generation a customer usage. Um, A set of such customs and usages viewed as a coherent body of precedence influencing the present Uh, A synonym here would be heritage. Now, an interesting thing to think about is pretty much any religion you can think of today, even philosophy, like none of those things are older than 10,000 years and much of them significantly shorter, like Mm -hmm. Judaism uh, will tend to make the claim to fame of being one of the, you know, oldest religion that, uh, or oldest continuously practice religion at roughly something like 6000 years but you know uh on, on the cultural time scale of 10000 years that's a long period of time but again take this biological time span of like whoa yeah. what was going yeah. on before that yeah what was yeah. going on before art and music and philosophy and science so it's uh it's an interesting question there
0: yeah
1: um tradition versus modernity. Now, this is obviously a bit reductionist, and we can, you know, have quibbles with each of these, but I, I don't think it's an unfair characterization to say something like the following. Typically, when we talk about traditional
0: society, knowing your place, whereas in modern
1: societies, for better or worse, there's this notion of the rejection of authority, um, or the individual over the group, um or moving outside of your social group not being such that you are born into a particular you know we, we see this in uh you know the caste system in uh or what it had been the caste system in india or you know for one reason or another british society is obsessed with the notion of like commoner versus royalty and like what mm-hmm. does that even mean? do you know what i mean like yes. move, moving beyond your station mm-hmm. um so you know, pros and cons to each of those, but, um, would, would you, would you agree with those characterizations? You feel like that's kind of a fair way to put it?
0: Oh, for sure. I, I just keep thinking about, again, our previous, uh, conversation of, uh, you know, what modernity brings for, you know, just the, the young person's first impressions of what, of what that is, right. Cause with, with, you know, let's call it the young person, Uh, Having the web and having access to like, you know, seeing how people act in China, seeing how people act in Russia, seeing how what's going on in Ukraine, understanding Central Africa's issues, you know, hearing about Brazilian uprising, you know, going to, you know, it's like, it's like a, a very quick way of, of counteracting your point on, on like, oh, this is, this is how it's done. Right, You know, so that's what I think about right away is this online globalism of, uh, of how that like indirectly puts a big crack into tradition, even the word.
1: Yeah. And I mean, there are obviously some good aspects to that. I mean, I think, you know, thinking back to one of my, you know, favorite philosophers Spinoza who grew up in the, uh, you know, Amsterdam, uh, you know, Jewish community and, uh, was excommunicated, um, you know, for previous people who like grew up in a community, like all you had was your thoughts that, oh, maybe something else is out there. Yeah. Maybe a book or two. Yeah. And now it's like, you know, again, for better and maybe even for worse in certain cases, like exposure to new ideas and to, you know, how many people, you know, a thousand years ago could travel.
0: Yeah. You had to get super time. creative. Right.
1: Yeah.
0: yeah. I remember hearing on a podcast, uh, one old wise person, said that you could kill racism and fascism by travel and books and uh such a simple statement but man so just replace books with like information and access to information right uh you could you can crush all of it because it just opened your eyes to those what you could be born into a traditional caste system a tradition belief you know and uh now it's like gosh you know dad (laughs) yeah what the hell is with this <laughs> and
1: that's a good point too you know i mean access to information seems to be a good thing in a lot of ways but you know with with kids like do they have the context or the understanding or the wisdom to be able to interpret and yeah so yeah yeah very interesting
0: Oof, yeah
1: so some famous examples of I solve of,
0: world problems here robbie
1: yeah, uh, no. I, I mean, I hope that per- I, I hope that person you quoted is right. Doesn't doesn't seem like it at the moment, but uh, nope. More information has just made us more entrenched. But so some famous examples of tradition. Um, there's obviously again oral versus written. You know, um, mm. traditions obviously within religion. Uh, many different forms of this on the monotheistic side, things like Judaism and Catholicism and Islam, and on the uh, sort of um, Eastern traditions, things like Confucianism or Buddhism or Hinduism or Jainism or things like that. Um, Even within that, there's kind of an interesting one uh, within religion and religion and philosophy between those who place more emphasis on reason and logic. And I would put like Maimonides and Aquinas and Averroes in there and um, this idea that God wouldn't do something irrational. He wouldn't do something illogical. And then you know, William of Ockham and Kierkegaard and others who would talk about, no, the, the whole, the whole point of faith, the whole point of all this stuff is like, it goes beyond logic. It goes beyond reason. It, it, it's, it's precisely not, uh, you know, uh, rational or reason reasonable. And so just, just interesting traditions within religion uh, of different perceptions of how that works um, they, within the political realm. There's obviously, which the group,
0: world. sorry, which group there would answer the, uh, like uh the reason behind a child with leukemia. Like how how kids Yeah. What's the that's reason a... there? Yeah,
1: that's a good yeah, that's a really good question. So I mean Maimonides, Aquinas, and Averroes, uh, and so I mean, this is obviously we're we're talking um, you know, Middle Ages, Central Europe and stuff like that. So I'm not even sure they they know what leukemia is. And so I'd have to find out like what particular thing. Mm. Um, they would have equivalent, I mean, standard, standard theodicy answers and theodicy just meaning justification of God, uh, yeah. answers, um, one go-to as well. That's the, such as the natural order of things. God's not making that happen. God created the world and, you know, there are certain laws that abide. And one of them is that DNA has certain mutations and, uh, there we go. Now, of course the immediate, you know, other side of the coin rejoinder to that, um, on the uh more god goes beyond rationality perspective as well if this is the all-knowing all-loving all-perfect creator of the world certainly they could intervene and change such a thing right that's right
0: so maybe it's only two out of the three that they are right
1: exactly gotta you gotta pick which one of that that triad that you don't you don't like exactly so (laughs) (laughs) And and, and anyone is not a good one to to slip out. So um, in the political realm, there's obviously the liberal and conservative traditions, um, you know, going all the way back to Locke and Hobbes and Rousseau and certainly their predecessors even even there in this notion of like grappling with... um, issues within the the liberal tradition like what do you do when you think people should have freedom of thought but some of that is like nazi thought uh you know what i mean like there, there are these questions that crop up within those traditions uh within the judicial realm um this is a, you know this is something i've always found interesting my, my mom is a lawyer and i've i've had this discussion with her she studies a lot of supreme court history uh the notion of like precedent mm. so why, why is it that if something was decided like 100 years ago it, it carries more weight yeah uh, that's that's kind of an interesting one too and should we be able to overturn precedent or not and so yeah
0: yeah yeah i've just been uh recently uh listened to uh the arizona uh senate and arizona judge so i'm not sure what uh so he'd be like the equivalent of uh you know the one of the highest forms of judge seats in our state and i listened to him speak about the uh for your for about 90 minutes or so on the history, cause with the current uh, conversation on abortion and the Mississippi uh, law that's trying to be passed for uh, 15 weeks or something like that. And then, you know, where does where does federal come in versus uh, where do states come in um, and then going back over law, right? And listening to the different oral arguments from uh, Kavanaugh, by the way, who, Brett Kavanaugh who went through a number of these quote unquote precedents that, uh, that had an opportunity for change. Right. But also then saying but sometimes those precedents are so strong, we want to make sure that we like hold steady with those precedents. Um, you know, and, uh, so, uh, he was saying, you know, and he had reasons for that, I think, just based upon what his thoughts are on, uh, on the law, more so than the philosophical dilemma of abortion, abortion rights, privacy, et cetera. Um, anyways, I found that uh, just to add a little asterisk in here, it's extremely fascinating for those who are who philosophically want to just sit back and and contemplate uh, those challenges. Um, the, the word you brought up there is um, is very simple, but uh, it's deep precedent and, uh, and what it means to law.
1: Yeah, I totally agree. And, um, you know, I think it's an interesting question for fitness, like what, you know, what is precedent and, you know, to what extent should that be respected and uh, should we be deferential to it? Um, I think if precedent means something like, you know, take the Einstein example, like, you know, it's obviously different, but Einsteinian physics has been con, you know, confirmed six ways from Sunday. Does that mean something couldn't come along and, uh, knock it out of, you know, orbit, so to speak, just like he did to Newton. No, it doesn't. But it means there's a really big burden of proof.
0: Yeah, that's right. A really big burden
1: of proof. Yeah. Um, but with the legal case, we we do also want to make sure, like, so I forget. I think we said this before the call, but something for you guys just to think about as you're listening. If you study any history, a lot of it's going to come down to this this equation of history equals uh, contingency plus ent- entrenchment. So we want we want to make sure that precedent is not just well what they thought in 1848 plus the fact that it was like oh we thought this and we're going to continue to think this
0: yeah and And on your point i think there's like uh uh, because i listened to um, uh, a number of uh, people from the federalist uh groups just to get a you know understanding of like what's what's their intentions on what they would preach around the federalist papers and I've got that there to read, and uh, still have not not got into it. But um, to the point of like, uh, anyways, what I just realized from that, which we don't know, is like just civilians, is there's there really is a tremendous amount of work that is done daily on lots of questioning around those original documents, and like, you know, uh, what is progression of those original documents for the current day and age, and et cetera. It's just that shit. Back to my original point you know, before we get on the podcast, shit over the past 20, 30 years just happened so quickly, you could just imagine all the resources and the brains and everything that needs to go into like, you know, coming up with a, a newer version of some of these bigger, uh, bigger um, arguments and bigger decisions. And, you know, it's a, so anyways, I'm just being a little more empathetic to the, to the traditional group because I just know how there there is a lot of people still questioning the very notion of those, of those traditional ideas. And they're trying to work, work its way around, you know, and it's difficult. It's difficult.
1: Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, There's this famous GK Chesterton quote that we were discussing before the podcast, that I think kind of highlights, you know, some of the bigger things that we'll try to discuss within fitness. So I guess just to get the gist of it, I'll just read it. So in the matter of reforming things as distinct from deforming them, there is one plain and simple principle, a principle which will probably call a paradox. There exists in such a case, a certain institution or law, let us say, for the sake of simplicity, a fence or gate erected across a road. The more modern type of reformer goes gaily up to it and says, I don't see the use of it. Let's clear this away. To which the more intelligent type of reformer will do well to answer, if you don't see the use of it, I certainly won't let you clear it away. Go away and think. Then, when you can come back and tell me what you do see the use of it, I may allow you to destroy it. So I think this is just, you know, we were discussing it before the call. And I think this is worth it to discuss with relation to fitness. Um, you know, we were talking about there's, there's this constant tension between whether it's philosophy or science or fitness, deference to those who have come before you, those who have lived longer lives before you, respect for what they've known, for what they've experienced. Um, and saying well yeah you know what maybe maybe at the end of my life or 30 years from now I will agree with what they had to say but then there's the other side where like all progress or a lot of progress in philosophy and science and other things came from saying you know what I respect what they have to say I see where they're coming from but I'm going to use my own reason and I'm not sure so yeah I don't don't know if you have any thoughts on on the gosh
0: so much but uh I think I think uh it's just good that you brought it up as a for people to think about, especially on uh, not just the liberal conservative differences and explanation of it, but to go deeper on using the fence and law and that gate as like multiple different scenarios. I think that's what'd be a good challenge to any of the listeners to, to take and uh, just just sit back and say, okay, well, where have I, you know, done that? Where have I used that kind of um, reasoning, you know, or where have I just wanted to like, oh, that's, that's a stupid law, that's a stupid rule and you didn't, uh, you didn't give it its time or you didn't think about that. Um, I also think about, uh, what I had mentioned of time being a ridiculous constraint for, for experience and then, you know, communication, right. So, uh, just look at us, you know, um, and look at our audience, you know, we don't have a lot of 72 year olds listening in, um, you know, to, the, you know, and it sounds humorous, but why not? Right. And, and there's lots of answers to why not, but, uh, You know, and then what do what do 65 to 80 year olds uh, contribute in regards to that conversation? And I think if to your notion, if it takes a whole life to get to a point that's called wisdom and sagedom and your whole purpose at that point in time is to share the information of what you learned to make people aware, listen, be patient, take your time. What you think, you know, right now, give it 20 years and then give it 40 and then give it 60 and give it 80. It'd be really great to hear that a lot. Right. But no, <laughs> we're all 30 to 35 and we're all just like speaking back and forth on on, you know, this is true. No, <laughs> this is true. <laughs> you know, um, so that's that's what I think about when you propose that uh, that patience and the constraints around time. And and as another side, before you get to what for that, if, if anyone on here listening who. uh is currently at a point in their life where uh, they they want to continue to spend time with themselves and their own thoughts around uh, the concept of faith and the concept of uh, where faith and and, uh, religion may fit into the whole big picture for you. Um, I spent lots of time there and I just wanted to make mention of uh chesterton's uh uh writing orthodoxy uh was a really nice book a really nice booklet to give some explanation to some of those if anyone is like geez you know i'd like to get you know reasoning on this picture and the purpose behind this reasoning etc he does a wonderful job of that Uh, just as a side note because you brought it up and never never know anyone could be listening in and is in the same area so
1: absolutely thanks for allowing me to Take the time. Um, oh yeah, no problem. Um, you know, I think one of the things the quote highlights, you know, these are these are tendencies, and it's it's certainly not true for everyone, but I think it's fairly true whether it's politically or religiously or otherwise. People who are more of a conservative bent, the thought is something to the effect of, "Well, we've been doing it for a long time; there must be a reason." And those who are a, bit, a little bit more liberal is kind of like, "Well." just because we've been doing it for a long time doesn't really mean much of anything. Uh, Sometimes it can, but sometimes it doesn't. And I guess maybe where I I tend to fall is like uh, time as a way of chiseling away at things can be really good at chiseling away at wisdom, but it can also just as equally be contingency plus entrenchment equals history. Mm -hmm. It can just be like, well, you know what? We did this thing once. And then like this person said, you should be doing it. And then, a thousand years later, people are doing it and they have no idea why the hell it ever started. And if you go back to why it started, it was like, well, uh, I don't know. So so I I, I do think it's, uh, I think time can equally reveal wisdom and truths and different things like that, but that ultimately need to be fact-checked by reason, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and then I, I do think it, it just is, that this is where I would go against kind of the maybe more conservative side of things. I think it can just as easily perpetuate nonsense, propaganda, irrationality for hundreds, if not thousands of years. And when you look for the underlying reason behind it, it's nothing behind, it's nothing besides we've done it for a really long time.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah, man. <clears throat> yeah. I, I see a very similar, I see it the very similar ways. It's uh, also uh, I got a question there. Does where does culture fit into your equation? You know, with the, with like, you know, your equation does it hold true in 1995, or is that where contingency sits?
1: Um. So, do you mean so, like, where does like how
0: cult- how uh, sorry how or maybe I'm seeing the equation the wrong way. Of I was just trying to think like as time goes on. You know, uh, 2005 versus 2022, versus 2065. Um, you know, what's currently happening at the time does have a part to play on how we view that. So I'm Oh, yeah.
1: Just... Yeah, but I mean, like, um, I don't know, VHS versus Betamax or the fact that Netflix is the dominant. Do you know what I mean? Like, yep. there are a whole slew of things, you know, and, and part of it is not just pure. I not I mean to suggest pure contingencies. It's not random accident. But, oh, man, when you, I mean, I know you have studied history, but I'm just saying, like, when, when one studies history, one can get a sense of like, you know, this person wasn't the ruler because they were necessarily better or wiser. This thing wasn't passed down because it was better or more righteous. It was like, oh, well, they, uh, they knocked out their competitors and, you know, that's the dominant paradigm. And that's how we yeah. think of it. Like yeah. a, a, a silly example is uh, why is a lisp a feature in Castilian Spanish? Well, mm-hmm. a ruler who, you know, he had a lisp and that's so. That's, that's neither bad nor good, but do you, do you see what I mean? It's yeah. like this thing that someone had then gets entrenched. There's no reason to necessarily take it away. It's not a good or bad a thing. That's what I would re- reference as like more of an innocuous tradition. But yeah. when it comes to like, uh, oh, women shouldn't be priests or arranged marriages or the idea that there should be a monarchy. Mm-hmm. Well, that was the way of doing things for a lot longer than the way we've been doing things today. Um, and that that's where it's like, hmm well, we've been doing this for a thousand plus years, but is that the right way? Yeah. So Yeah.
0: I think evolutionary psychology and evolutionary biology cannot derive answers to those conundrums, but can certainly m- help make sense of why those things happen. To my point previously on the evolutionary uh, basis of that, you know, is, is no conversation unless you start talking about, to your point, adaptations. This is where my culture question comes in, right? Like, uh, I, for, I, I forget the, what you'd use there, female Catholic priests or the, you know, female like, women,
1: women, women still currently in the Catholic church are not to be priests.
0: Okay. Okay. Great. Yeah. But. Like, um, and that, that's what I meant. It's like, you know, um, just think about how long, you know, through practice and years and acceptance of that and new thinking and the ability to open up Catholic minds, <laughs> you know, to, to like broaden that, you know, how long will that take? And that, that's my whole point. That whole thing is an adaptive process. That's a long, you know, so 2065, we can go, well, evolution would say, you know, there's man, and there's woman, you know, and it's like, okay, we don't stop there though, <laughs> with what you believe is like entrenched inside of both of those sexes, right? Which I'm sure that's what they'll lie back on when it comes to like, maybe they won't, but anyways, they may lie back on that but then you say it's 2065, man. I mean, come on, you know, we've adapted, we've adapted to this. That's a, that's a single person with the ability to impart knowledge of, you know, the words of God or the image of God, or, you know, these rules of conformity or et cetera, whatever you want to call it.
1: But that's, so that's such a super interesting point, that notion of adaptation and the notion of like, there are different areas of endeavor where adaptation and progress is, is prized and, and, and celebrated right so like you know philosophy and science are the two that i always kind of reference where aristotle you know agrees with plato on some things but fundamentally disagrees on other things and socrates thinks it's ridiculous to write things down rather than have dialogue and then as the only reason we know about socrates is plato writing this stuff down yeah. and you know winning the Nobel prize in science for overturning newton and meanwhile not just in religion and certainly not in all religions uh, by any means, there are some that are more um, progressive and uh, you know otherwise than others. But the prize to be won is not overthrowing that; it's to keep the notion that uh, homosexuality is a sin, mm-hmm. or that women shouldn't be priests, um, or what have you. And like that isn't innocuous. That isn't popcorn with the movies. That isn't hot dogs at baseball games. It isn't you know. Bless you. It it isn't yeah. Bless you or wearing baggy jeans in 1995. That's like interfering with like people's or backward uh, thoughts, genes or backward genes. Yeah. Or backward genes. Whoa. Crisscross.
0: <laughs> don't go off. Don't go off. Catholic no, sexual
1: ethics. Crisscross. Okay. I'm going to take us right back to that. So, um so th- this is what I mean. And, and this is where I think like it uh, you know, obviously it, it's no surprise here given the fact that I'm, a philosopher into philosophy that i'm like on the side i do think there are reasons for it it's not just dogmatic but like yeah there, there's a reason for this there, there are lots of things that get entrenched in history um and that interfere interfere with people's like livelihoods and well-beings the idea that like uh, you know again I don't, i'm not here to judge anyone else's culture necessarily but like this idea that you would meet someone once or twice and like your parents would arrange your marriage do you know what i mean like yeah. or that women shouldn't be allowed to drive like mm-hmm. Does that have any justification behind it besides, you know, misogyny yeah. or, or uh, it's been entrenched for a long period of time? Yeah, no. So that, that's, that's the thing where you really have to say it can't just be deference to the past. It can't yeah. just be deference to what we've done for a while. It always has to be mixed with a little bit of, maybe a lot of, um, why do we think that? Yeah. Why do we think that?
0: Yeah. So, and it's nuanced. Yeah. Right, because thankfully for your knowledge and intelligence, you can come up with ones that, you know, people are like, yeah, yeah, got it, yeah, yeah, got it, yeah. Women not allowed to go outside or drive. Ooh, like I think that's the stopping point, right? Like, where's the switch? And yeah. there, and there it is nuanced though, because you all, you know, it, anyways, there's there's nuance in all that, but there should be some things at least. And again, we're making huge assumptions here that everyone's. Um, intelligent or intuitive enough to like pick up that. Because you could just imagine folks as you're going along, right? They're like, "Oh yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah." And even on that one, they're like, "Oh yeah." Like <laughs> there's no like nothing there. <laughs> yeah. Nothing. And they're like, "No. Keep going." You know? It's Like, "Holy crap." So, uh I think I think that's that's some of the some of the issues inside there um for the for that for that process. And we'll get to that, right? We're going to talk about that. We're for adaptation i think that i use terminology robbie for um to keep going on it maybe it's the wrong time but how that adaptation there has to be there has to be something in the system that keeps assessing right that that still says like okay is this a is this a good adaptation (laughs) you know and what is this turning into and who decides what good good is (laughs) for it because to your point uh You know, there's lots of shit happening in the fitness universe. That's not a good adaptation. Now, you know, the horse I stand on for that, you know, I was going to throw in there, you know, uh, online stuff or robot teaching or uh, Peloton or, you know, something like that, that, that can be deemed as progressive. Right. Uh, You know, we can go down a list of, you know, what progression is and cry, you know, accessibility and, you know, yada, yada, yada. And, uh, again, I just don't think you're, you're hitting the majority of the population. I think you're just creating a compensatory adaptation to the laptop class for that kind of concept and idea.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I think that's an excellent point. And I think that's where that gets to the notion that we've talked about before, that's you know paradigma, paradigmatically philosophical about appearance versus reality. There's a lot of stuff today that seems like progress in yeah. fitness. Oh, there's data and there's numbers and there's cool new tech and there's this different way I can move. Um, and, but, and then we ask the deeper philosophical question, is that legit progress, right? Is that actually taking us anywhere? Is that just the glitz and glamour? And that's, you know, that, I mean, that's certainly the case within, you know, legal scholarship or, you know, political stuff or philosophy too, like, um, you know, the, the, the counterpoint to the progress or more kind of liberal way of viewing things is like, yeah, sometimes something looks glitzy just because it's new. Mm-hmm. it looks cool but it's not actually an improvement over what what came before so that yeah that is a yeah point so it
0: seems like there's like this small print inside of that right there's some small print in there that says oh yeah you know we're, we're gonna basically play with it but we're gonna keep tracks on it for assessment you know we're gonna assess it and make sure it's going in the right direction whatnot so if there's small print in there um you know i love the progressive idea um because uh you know we, we could then argue in terms of uh you know, this concept of innovation, you got to have, you know, you know, some people who are going to push that for the concepts of innovation, right? Pro- progression towards what, right? If you're going to, you're going to progress towards it, you're probably going to have to break down some old, older models. So there you have that issue between what is tradition and, you know, um, and again, have that nuanced conversations, right? Kids watching screens. <laughs> it's like the, the,
1: yeah. I mean, you have to, you also have to ask the question, like innovation with respect to what field, right? So like you can say like, yes, I mean, certainly the notion of TikToks and reels, that that is a technological innovation. That is a cultural mm. innovation. But then when we ask the broader question about like, is that an innovation with regard to how humanity functions and yeah. interrelates uh, that one? I'm not so sure. Yeah, like it may be know, a local. I agree. Innovation,
0: yeah. But it may well, that's be, why I use that one. Yeah. Like it's close to home. The energy innovation. That's a good one energy innovation is very interesting one. Right. Yeah. Especially which, you know, if you listen to any cultural pundit today, the next like, you know, terminology that's just going to get thrown in there so that it creates warriors and conversation, like maybe racism has for the past number of years is, uh, climate change. That's going to be the next like big environmentalism, environmental alarmism, you know, all for the good and bad and whatever, but it's going to be like embedded in there. So that would be a good one. What is, what is energy progression? What is the usage of energy progression? You know, because uh, it ties into not only a, cur- a cultural thing that in the future here in the near couple of years you're going to have to have at least some background knowledge on. Right? You're going to have to have all the pros and cons weighed out when you make this, you know, c- you know, statement on nuclear. Right? It's like oh, nuclear is the way. It's fucking these electric cars on the grid and fucking panels killing birds like it's you know you just haven't thought it out nuclear so simple and and then you got to have you know all the answers to okay you know you get a thousand more nuclear plants what do you do with the waste right so it, it's like there's there's these things you got to go in with on that energy quote-unquote energy progression what is energy progression for the future um yeah so that would be an area i think it would be uh philosophically demanding more so than uh, the your point on uh, online or technical or sorry uh, technology technology progression
1: yeah but i mean it's a, it's a similar one where we ask you know you could ask local questions about like you know is this progress within the domain of like how we generate energy and then more societal question you know i mean to take your nuclear energy uh, point not to argue one way or the other but just to ask like okay well you know theoretically, let's say you know, uh, someone's arguing for like a thousand more nuclear plants. So, uh, at the local level of like energy generation without you know, uh, crazy carbon emissions, great, awesome, fantastic. But then, like you were saying, to this broader societal level of like, how does this impact society? How do we get rid of this waste? Well, maybe not, you know, and maybe not so much of an innovation. And so, I think. I think that is a very useful philosophical perspective for people to keep in mind. Is like, is this notion of innovation with respect to what mm-hmm. progress with respect to what in what domain? Like, there there's a whole um, slew of things that we encounter today, both in fitness and otherwise, where it seems like it's progress or innovation, and it very well may be with respect to that particular niche of things, but to human flourishing and happiness and wisdom and. Uh, all the things humans look for, like connection and love and meaning and purpose. Maybe not, maybe not. So Yeah,
0: yeah. I'm going to continue on with another interesting area just for our, our pod dogs may want to get into to uh, to go into that area um, is the uh, conundrum that a lot of people in Silicon Valley don't speak about. But I I just hear, you know, from indirectly listening to people who have, you know, some of those insider conversations, but you can like hear what they're talking about. Um, is this, uh, they still don't have this, you know, they're not all well, uh, well, they're in agreement that we're gonna have to be really careful with this, with the speed and growth of artificial intelligence, and what what it can end up, you know, getting into with regards to how it's going to be used and, and etc. And so that's an area that I would tell people to, if you're really interested in something that for the future will be, you know, it's certainly going to answer this question, like, well, what is progression, you know, and, and keep playing that story out, read life 3.0 or super intelligence and, and, uh, and keep playing it out. And then you'll see, or Annal Seth's new book, um, you know, and then keep playing it out. And you'll see it's like, maybe we want to like, put a halt <laughs> to the speed and progression of some of those things. Do you know, like, isn't that gross to kind of even think about that as like, yeah, but it's so progressive. It's like, oh gosh, like, I don't know if I want to be alive when that progression occurs. But then I say, and I keep going on with that, is like, well, how about my children? Like, my daughters are going to be around for for some of those. And so if I know about that, then w- w- what do I want to do? And what what kind of impact can I have on that contemplation on um, on progression of AI? And what does progression mean? Because tradition would just be uh, pigeons, right? I mean, well, I don't know what the tradition is. Right fire, smoke signals.
1: Right. And what thoughts or philosophical perspectives can you impart to them that they can then impart to their children about like what things that they'll encounter and how to think rationally about like, hey, just because culture is this way today, doesn't mean it it, it, it should be.
0: Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's like the, we also always have those movies of where people can transition over time. Yeah. Right. And I love, the, I love the look on the face of the person that sees someone from the future. In all the movies, it's the greatest look and some there's some great directors who do a good job of that right but it's but it's the classic one where you know it's not like this but this is just an analogy the person's like oh and they try to stab him with like a stone and the person just like picks up a laser gun just shoots them in the face right and everyone's like oh <laughs> like okay. that that moment right there is like uh anyways it, it highlights this whole like well what's progression and what and uh is it a great adaptation you know does it give us this false sense of security uh, Anyways, know it's
1: yeah no, I, I i so kind of a, a side thing related to that so brandon uh bought a uh meta quest for his son you don't you know what that is the vr headset yes Okay. I didn't so, know that was
0: a name for one
1: of them. I think it, it used to be the Oculus and then oh, the okay. Facebook, button. And now Facebook is Meta and uh, yeah. So anyway, all the names. So, um, so he brought it into the gym and we, you know, we were just kind of playing around. I mean, I I had done somewhat of VR before, maybe like back in the '90s, but that was obviously very different. Um, and yeah I mean part of me wonders like you know are we being old fuddy-duddies just saying like no to this and the other part is like gosh if this is what the future of humanity is like I uh, I I don't know maybe is it the fact that I'm you know the age that I'm at that I'm like this is cool but like man if everyone's just in the matrix from now on like what the fuck is going to happen to humanity? yeah yeah it's very weird it's not only
0: the, the way I think about it more recently is there's not only two options. It's not going to be like the Wally option. And it's not only, you know, um, this like, Oh, technology is going to help us get there on this, you know, new awareness and new ideas and greatest innovations and not just efficiency, but traditional shit embedded inside of it, you know? So, but it's not only those two options. Um, I really have become, um, I don't know the terminology for it, but I've just let go of trying to wrap my hands around something that I think will be there, but I just try to lay out all the possible options. Um, Not sure if I'm making sense of that as opposed to like the future, (laughs) the future look of things.
1: Yeah. It's, it's really, it's hard to know. And, you know, we'll divide into camps who are all plugged into the matrix or, you know, camps who are like, uh, just hunter gatherers again.
0: And yeah, who knows? Yeah, and that's what I'm saying is that that's a great example in wording. It's not just those two options. There's lots. Oh, of yeah,
1: there's there's there'll be many in between. There'll be the hunter gatherers with whoops and then the uh, gatherers who will they'll, basically
0: they'll, CrossFit today. That's it, right?
1: They'll, they'll play PS5, but they won't put on a, they won't put on a MetaQuest. That's true. Like that's the, true. the, that's the, the arm's are, theory, folks. Yeah, that's, that's a step too far. Yeah. Step
0: CrossFit's not going to go the Oculus route. They're like, no, 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 we need to still keep this physical in the gyms. Yeah. But we'll have the whoop in. Yep. so we're so. progressive.
1: So let's talk about tradition and fitness. Um, you know, I, I think one place to start off is, I guess, maybe a question about, in in one sense, there really, there are traditions in fitness and there aren't traditions in fitness. And please feel free to correct me if you think I'm characterizing it inaccurately. But on the one hand, there's there is like the set of things people have done throughout evolutionary history, which I don't know that there's necessarily a tradition about the same way there's like an oral tradition in a particular philosophy or written tradition in a particular religion. Um, that's, that's part of what's unique about fitness, right? Is that it's just a pure, it's not purely physical, but it's mostly physical. It's, it's not, it's not necessarily an oral or written tradition. And then on the flip side, you've got this other side of it where like physical fitness And fitness culture and this notion of, like, a fitness coach are all fairly, fairly recent. Like, Mm -hmm. those those are very recent traditions, if you want to call them that. So we kind of have this thing where, like, on the one hand, there's an aspect of fitness that is as old as humanity, just the act of moving around. Yeah. Uh, And then on the other hand, you have this kind of um, more shorter-term fitness coaches and, you know, going to a gym and things like that. And then maybe in between would be things like, you know, uh, the Denny stones, you know, and, and, you know, people, uh, you know, uh, people having different, uh, strongman competitions or, you know, uh, the Highland games or something like that, different traditions and different cultures, uh, around physical expression. But yeah, I guess just to start off, what, what are your thoughts on, um, fitness and its relation to tradition and how we should think about it today?
0: Yeah, well, no, I'd say the exact same little play you did there um, of uh, we got to define what fitness is because the language of that word uh, you can go back to previous podcast to get it, but the language of that word has changed over a long period of time. Because um, then when you said what are traditions in fitness, and I thought, well, what are traditions in fitness, and then what are traditions in fitness coaching, and those are probably two different things. Um, yeah, so I think you and I like right now have to probably get to. Get to an understanding of like, uh, and we could be incorrect on the exact dates, but get to at least at least some like, you know, tough dates on two particular areas maybe, uh, physical culture, and then fitness coaching. I think that may may derive a bunch of things, and we could jam on like what's the trish, tradition of each of those, because um, the the word fitness because it had that like you know I guess a weird period of you know, not even, you know, it you know, it was a weird period. Cause it was like, you know, for like Spartans, you know, X ex- took all off all their clothes and oiled themselves and did the, each other's hair and exercised for hours prior to battle, <laughs> you know, and they called it like they, they called it some form of physical expression and preparation. Right. But it was exercise, but it wasn't called that, you know, and that was a long time ago. So that, you know, that you could see, and we'll just say that it was lumped into this like exercise for survival and reproduction. Okay. Um, and you could have a host of other things, but then there's point in time when there's no Spartans, right. And, (laughs) and, um, there's only a select few that have guns and then, and then there's not strife, you know, between, between folks. And then there's like, you know, artillery and lasers and fucking robots, et cetera. I'm just quickly getting you through like, well, yeah, there was a period of time where that fitness turned into something that became like a leisure pursuit because we got nothing out of the better to do, or keeps us out of trouble, or, you know, we can get these other things from it. And I think we need to figure out what the dates are on that, whether it's like a Jane Fonda era or Jack O'Lane era timeline up to whatever. And then secondly, the fitness coaching, which I would argue, and maybe, you know, you could say, well, this is what you use to determine, I think in your notes said, you know, 100 to 200 years, but I think you were talking about fitness in general. Uh, fitness coaching, in my opinion, has only been around for 30 years or so, maybe a little bit longer than that. So there was like, quote unquote, coaches who were the neo-generalists, right, in 60s and 70s. That was the track coach, football coach, et cetera. But they handled all the, quote unquote, fitness training for the particular sport. So if you say, well, outside of those particular sports, were these things happening? Not a lot. Like it was, it was all. It wasn't even, and you were seen as a, you know, as you were seen as different <laughs> if you were doing those kind of things, right? Why would you want to be like are you trying to be Jack Elaine, you know? Uh, so the bodybuilding '60s era, you know, into '70s spawned the '80s start of the quote-unquote fitness coaching. So is that really what we're going to use as the language of defining fitness and fitness coaching from that era upwards? Because then we can say well, what are to your answer your question long way about it? What are the traditions of that particular era? Because there is still lots in there that we could focus on, um, and, and make fun of, especially myself on, uh, bodybuilding traditions and et cetera. Um, so what's your thoughts? Yeah, on? no, I'm, I'm,
1: I'm totally fine with that. Yeah. I mean, you're absolutely right. I was referencing more like just the, like fit fitness as we call it today with kind of more of a leisure pursuit and going back to like, Got it. you know, beginnings of like kettlebell swings and just the use of kettlebells and, and, and things of that nature. And then, um, but yeah, I'm totally fine with that date for coaching. But yeah, I think, I, I think what's interesting either way you slice it is the fact that there's this gigantic discrepancy between like, you know, the act of participating in physical movement and adaptation that's as old as humanity. Yeah, um, And then there's these super, 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 super young relatively recent traditions of fitness as leisure pursuit and the coaching of fitness as leisure pursuit that, you know, uh, I'm sure there are other reasons as well, but like we've discussed before, part of the reason why that exists today as well, we went from physically laboring all the time and being relatively fit to eating progressively more junk food and not, you know, sitting all the time. And now we kind of need to do it to not be as unhealthy, not, not necessarily in the same way that we needed to do other things in the past, but different, different level of need. So,
0: yeah, yeah, that's, well, there's the conundrum, right? It's the, uh, recognizing, uh, what are we going to call it? Physical culture tradition, right? And then recognizing that it's, it's not, we do, we're not just, you know, you and I are not here and people are not just born into this now society in this time of our history being like, it's just well accepted that you're going to be a moving human for 85 years, and that you're going to eat, you know, good foods and, and act in a, in a civil way. Uh, the, you know, so it's, it's, that's not the case, right? So this, this is the rub of saying, well, what, what are the traditions? And I think you, you, you started us off really on what we could come up with as traditions. And, you know, there are, there are, there are, whether we could, we like them or not, there are intentions of, Uh, the leisure pursuit of fitness that are still there so it's traditional to to go to the gym three to four times a week right that's that's uh i'll stop there do you think that's a that's something that's still within the the landscape of like that that's a tradition the intentions of just going to the gym right
1: i think so within if, if we're if we're time ending time indexing it to a very you know To a very small period of time, yeah, you know, thirty years. Thirty years, yeah, yeah, that's a tradition. Yeah,
0: Yeah. Um, well, then on top of that, you know, the man, um, you know, uh, let's try to be super simple in it. Um, We're still, you know, the people are still doing uh, uh, machines, still using machines of resistance. Um, no matter how hard Paul Trek Paul check tried to invoke like the, <laughs> the controversies that machines are death, um, they're still used at a really high rate because of, uh, simplicity and, um, and, uh, ease of use and ease of like instruction. That's a tradition inside of fitness. That's been there for, since the start of it, you know, Nautilus, uh, probably late fifties was a Nautilus, uh, starting point into the sixties. So um, that's still there. Yeah. Um, and I think, I, aerobic, I think act, aerobic activity, you know, running programs are still there. Right. Um, we can call aerobic, like the attempt of improving cardiovascular function, right? Whatever that is. Cause that's, it's, it, it's not the only intention why people did it. You know, a lot of people did it for weight loss and cause they thought, you know, they were going to have a stronger heart, you know, the strongest heart in their neighborhood. Um, but, uh, you know, that's still there.
1: Yeah. yeah. And it's interesting how, you know, it's, it's a similar thing within philosophy, I guess, too, where there are kind of these different camps. I mean, there's certainly the ones you mentioned, but also within, you know, strength sports, there's uh, even though it's not called powerlifting, you know, uh, Olymp- Olympic lifting, uh, the, the pursuit of explosiveness and, and power. That is a tradition. Uh, powerlifting itself is, you know, the pursuit of absolute strength. Uh, bodybuilding is the pursuit of you know certain physique that's a tradition with its own practices and beliefs and um, you know mixed modal is kind of a a newer tradition if we want to call it that so it's, it's an interesting question there you know one question that comes up within uh, religion but also within philosophy are these just mutually incompatible camps with their own different beliefs can they can they talk to one another hmm. um, how right. should one Choose a tradition, um, if if that's even feasible, things like that.
0: Yeah, well, they they all they they are all uh, different, but there is some overarching things that are similar in that they're all movement. It's just that they're they're different forms of movement with different intentions. You know, so I would say to answer your question on the mixed mold piece, uh, as far as a practice for the public, I really don't think it became as much of a practice. For the public until the CrossFit total affiliates were above like a couple of thousand. That's what I would argue. It, it was like really like injected into, so it's only like, you know, just over 10 years, that whole concept of like, oh, you can do Russian kettlebell swings and push-ups and rowing for 30 minutes. And that's cardio, right? The, the idea of multiple modalities at one point trying to be sustainable that never were sustainable um yeah so i think that has only been uh that's that that's 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 uh that's not i guess well, what am i trying to say there that's that's only 10 years out of the 30 years we were using right it's only been the past 10 years right that so um i'm not sure if i Started a, a point to answer your question on how this mixes in. There's still the overarching concepts of movement, but the intentions underneath them and like the dose response and etc. are extremely different.
1: Oh yeah, definitely. Um, and I think this also gets to some of the questions we were asking before of like both. And, and this is really where I think philosophy comes in and reason, rationality, both within traditions themselves, both within these fitness traditions, but also among all the general fitness traditions, you know, to what extent should we be questioning their presuppositions and realities? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And can we even intercompare? compare, uh, you know, in, in, in religion, there's always this question of like, can you even uh, like, within philosophy of religion, there was always this discussion of like, can you even have a discussion where you're talking about these different beliefs and, uh, ethical frameworks and principles because they're just such different presuppositions, such mm-hmm. different frameworks. Can you even uh, language that? I, I, certainly, I personally think you, you can and you should, yeah. Um, but yeah. And within fitness, this notion of like, to what extent should we not just say within a particular fitness tradition? Oh, well, you know, that's the way they did it back in the seventies. So that's the way we should do it now. And even among fitness traditions, like, oh, um, how do these interrelate and which ones are silly and which ones are not. and well, maybe they're all poly, but
0: yeah, well, no, it goes back to, you know, cause I see, well, people see mixed modal practice as a progressive human adaptation. A lot of people see that t- today. Um, I've taken, you know, more than, well, it's not, it's going to be close to 20 years. Gulp. I, it's the first time I've said that it'd be close to 20 years in my investigation of that to recognize that, uh, you know, we are, and you can hear it in my voice and I'm probably going to beat that drum for another 10 years where it was something that we definitely did practice. We thought it was a progressive adaptation, but really we saw that it was for a very select few because as time goes on back to your point on a presupposition, we started, we grew our minds in answering, well, what is the real outcome we want for this practice in fitness? And if the outcome we want in the practice of fitness is doing it every day for 80 years, we're going to have to be careful with the dynamic contractions we think are making us so progressively adapted. Um, And it's going to take us 10 years for a shit ton of people to figure out that it's not that adaptive whatsoever. So we fall back on this possibility that, you know, the curmudgeon traditional model may have worked better, right? It's a concept that will never come to come to data uh i think the data is actually out there it's the people that gave the middle finger to that concept of dynamic unknowableness uh you know getting better at everything for no reason and nothing for every reason um and and that kept steady on like no it's bodybuilding and treadmill you know i think that data is out there it's just that you know it's not it's not uh uh, popular and people don't want to listen to it. And, uh, and yeah, so
1: false. If I throw a kettlebell at your face while you're trying to do a snatch, that's going to make you (laughs) prepared for anything. Whoops. (laughs) Yeah, no, it, uh, and it, but even just the way you, you said that right there, it's, it's interesting. Like even that, even that thought around bodybuilding and treadmill and stuff like that, even that is, like you said, we're talking like in the past 30 to 50 years, right. That's, that's now, of course we can, we can then tie that into, you know, the longer term practice of humanity of just like resistance and, and moving, of course, yeah. But, like the, 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 the traditions themselves of like, um, you know, there are these books about it. It's, it permeates the culture people who are not warriors who are, are doing it and things like that. Um, mm-hmm. is, is this very recent phenomenon?
0: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And uh, we don't, we don't, we can't mix like, uh, emotion and, you know, and passion inside of it. Cause it, uh, it will kind of confuse it. Uh, but that has to be, that has to be said too. And this is why it goes back to my question to you around where culture and how people see things and where they get information and what's the options for information and what's the, what's the intentions of people, you know, and if, if you have a majority of people, whether you like it or not, that are actually doing things just to show other people that they're doing things, it should make sense to us that what you're doing is worth showing off, you know, so then you go, oh, I'll select whatever fitness thing i'm going to do that other people approve of because i can gain attention from it or show others that i'm doing it look at me you know i'm doing that too we're all in the same group we're all talking the same language now i think inside of that there's a lot of unconsciousness a huge amount of depression that's going to come from it when they realize they're not getting all the things they want to get from that they realize that the attention they're gaining uh, falls flat when five years later, they have this little niggling right, you know, shoulder thing that uh, could have simply been fixed by just doing like rows and bench presses, um, you know, and uh, not showing that off. I just, I think that's, that's where we'll possibly end up with the, with the conundrum that we're in around this, uh, what's considered progression and, and what I like try to hit hard on what is like yeah, it is. It's tradition. It's tradition of like the, the uh, the notion of simple aerobic work and resistance and just uh, doing them over and over. So, yeah. um, you know, have you thought of other areas that you wanted to uh, ask about? Because uh, I feel like we need to have like, a, or we should have done like a list, right? Of like, well, what are the? But I don't have those for you as I don't know if you've thought of any. Like, what what are traditions? in fitness over the past 30 years that, uh, are either still there or, you know?
1: Yeah. I mean, you know, I, I, mean the, I, the ones that I listed off, I think we basically, I mean, they're tra- It depends on how deep you want to go down into the notion of tradition, right? Like within aerobic is there biking and rowing and running and things like that. And then, you know, within
0: modalities,
1: yeah. Like within calisthenics, <clears throat> um, you know, there's, there's tumbling and cheer and, you know, classical gymnastics and, right. uh, things like that. And within strength, there's Olympic lifting and powerlifting and uh, strongman, you mm-hmm. know, how far you want to, you know, go down the rabbit hole. So um,
0: yeah, I think it looks like uh, not to hit on those particular points or the ones you just brought up, but I see the examples you had given as things that have always been there, but in today's day and age, it looks like it's there more prominently only because maybe people are looking out and seeing multiple things. I don't think it's, am i making sense of that. Like.
1: Even stuff with like a barbell.
0: No, no. no. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah, I'd say that one is going to hold some steady, firm historical context through the even technological age or the, you know, I don't really know what to call it. Mass media, mass information that people have to offer, you know what I'm saying? Um, but those other areas, it just looks like more people are doing it. That's what I'm saying, but they're not. It's just there's um, they they now have access to show that they're doing it. Right. Um, and but one of the things that just to use the barbell as a point, there are some things that kind of move their way through that that uh, that kept increasing in numbers. And I would call that um, mixed modal intense work. That definitely like <laughs> you know went by the barbell and then kept going up you know and then with mass media and everyone's doing it it not only looked like a lot of people were doing it there really were a whole lot of people doing it <laughs> yeah. and it kept going up so that's one of those inside there that uh, am i biased on that just simply because of my lens or do you feel it's the same way
1: i, I don't think so. i mean that that seems reasonable to me i mean I, I could be wrong but i don't i don't think so
0: yeah okay um I may be wrong on it too. Uh, but, uh, yoga is one that did that same thing, you know, where it just, it just went up. It kept going up. And people are like, look what I'm doing. And it's like, Oh, it's not just that we can see that you're doing it now. There's a lot more people doing it, (laughs) you know? So, and and ironic, two of those are paradoxical and one's driving the nervous system up and one's driving it down. Right. Right. Um, and anyways, we can go philosophically down each of those holes of, uh, how they don't balance one another because they're both essentially anyways.
1: One question I wanted to ask that um, we have discussed a little bit in the past, but I thought it was particularly relevant for tradition and fitness. And I'm I'm just, you know, it's fine if you don't have a hard and fast answer on it, but just something I thought was worthy of discussion is, you know, we've, we've asked the question before and you've given very interesting answers to the question. What's the long-term goal for the practice of fitness? And it seems to me that we've discussed two potential different options. So one is, you know 50 100 years in the future people getting up and doing you know it's, it's not called gain and sustain but
0: uh, yep.
1: you turn on an episode of fip uh because that's the only media that's left at that time and then you are either doing some gain or sustain or possibly both a crazy day a wild day
0: with glasses with us with glasses yeah you're with us
1: yeah you're with us
0: yeah i'm slapping your ass as you come into the room <laughs> oh, what's my- up robbie And I'm not really, but I am, you know, like, man, I just can't wait till that happens. You just gave
1: Brandon the the content for like a thousand memes with just that movement right there.
0: (laughs) But I indirectly just threw something in there, right. Of like number the, the shit we're going to have to deal with. Just think about that. Like the, the language of like, well, what is anyways, what is nefarious when you get inside of that world? Right. Gosh, let's not go there. Let's not go there.
1: I'll, I'll bring it back in just a second, but just oh, just, thinking, we're, we're just so like, you know how deep fakes are getting better and better? Like, they're yeah. not even going to take any, we have, You and I have said almost every possible word that would need to be said between yeah. all of these podcasts and like, they're just going to be able to make us say whatever. Yes. Yeah. In the Oculus. Yes. We'll and gain and sustain. Uh-huh. There will be episodes there'll be episodes of fit that weren't even recorded that say things that we totally disagree with (laughs) that they
0: seven (laughs) seven levels all with different disagreements and arguments but anyway there's gonna be a new energy system created the technological energy
1: the future will Central. be powered by people doing gain and sustain as they are listening to pre-recorded episodes of FIP and future episodes of FIP that yep. never existed, but then have yep. been created.
0: The only way you'll be able to hear it is if you're at a resting level of 15.0 millimoles of lactate. That's the only way you can hear it. <laughs> <laughs> and yes, you can get there through poor, poor lifestyle as well. You know, cause you know, people can reach a, Metabolic acidosis by just going down that uh, that route. So hey, or you can just do a real hard three minute row and then like try to focus. Yeah. Right. That's the only way you can hear it. And soon as the levels start to drop, you're like, uh, uh, uh guys, I think I'm leaving the room. <laughs> He's you out. Sure. Your Oculus is powered by lactate, hydrogen ions. Yeah. That's fantastic. What a great intention to keep people on the high intensity train.
1: Yeah. That's the orange theory of the future.
0: You can't get in here unless you are powered by high intensity. Yeah. Very authoritarian and dystopic at the same time. Yes. Okay. Where did you go there? Uh, how did we get, wait, I knew wait, we wait. weren't going to come back. Bring us back. How, how do we come
1: back? Uh, no, no, I know exactly where we are. So okay. basically we, we were discussing, so what's the long-term goal for the practice of fitness? So, oh, yeah. you know, one, one version of this that we've discussed in the past is 50 to hundred years in the future. People just get up and they do, you know, some version of resistance. Some it's this
0: innate growth. knowledge, right? Or this, this, right. That's the long-term. Yeah.
1: And you've said something to the effect of when someone asked them, well, why are you doing that? they'd say, well, that's just what you do. I mean, that's just that's yeah. what we'll do. And that that really is very much tied into this notion of tradition where it's like it's imparted wisdom from previous generations where you can't even necessarily articulate the reasons behind it. So that's one option. Yeah, And yeah. the other option, which doesn't seems like a, a different option, is where people would have a rational understanding of the whys and the history behind the practice of fitness where the answer wouldn't just be, that's just what you do. It'd be, oh, here's reason X, Y, Z. So uh, do you have any thoughts about what, what you would consider the ideal there in relation to what would be, you know, ideal practice of fitness in the future?
0: Anything different than what the first option is?
1: Oh, so you, so, so you think the first one is, is the ideal?
0: Well, that's, yeah, I think, yeah, for sure. Right.
1: And yeah. what are your thoughts on, like, do you yeah, think? So, I,
0: so maybe I didn't understand the second part if, uh, if I wasn't clear on
1: Sorry. So, yeah, I mean, this the second part, and maybe this is where I'm unclear, just I kind of wonder, like, to me, yeah, that's where it starts to get problematic. Like, some, I mean, obviously, if you're a kid or something like that, you may not be able to articulate the reasons. But if someone asks you, like, oh, why are you doing that? Like, I, th- I think there should be some basic understanding of, like, the why, not just because someone said so or your parents said so or your teacher said so it's like oh well this is why I'm doing resistance or this is what I'm doing do do you see what I mean
0: oh yeah for sure sure. so well maybe I need to be more clear on it's not just that simple answer or that's just what you do I think that's just what we use in short language to say well what does it look like so I still think they're going to know why okay you know they're going to they're going to they're going to be able to say like well, you know they may be able to tell the whole story and some will tell it lengthily and some people will tell it short but they still have the knowledge and awareness. That's what I'm ass- that's why I called it innate. It's it's an intrinsic action, right? And, and and you know, I just wanted to play that story out, right? We do want to get it to the point and I know there's a lot of shit in between, but you asked the question and then I that, and I dreamed that big dream, goal, audacious idea of like it's, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's spoken about in the traditional language of like, remember, we laughed about on previous episodes, right? People are talking like, remember back in the day, we were like, thinking that doing this practice is going to make us better people. And isn't that crazy? We went through that 30 year, Oh, yeah. Well, get this. Do you remember? There was these groups of humans that would come into a room and do shit they actually couldn't do with music and loud and fucking just. And then we realized, over you know, that, that's what I think we'll laugh, we'll look back and laugh on that, um, and then we'll be able to tell the story. So that's the tradition of going through that. Um, and I really, I, I do think that uh, I, I definitely sit more on the side, you know, in two thousand twenty-two and looking forward, looking to the future, in that uh, in, in the physical philosophical dilemma of who we're dealing with at the current time. I just don't think for a long period of time people are super interested in going after, going after their physical potential for their whole life. It's just not, it's not of interest. You know what I'm saying? So I, 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 uh, that's why I, you know, I know all the, you know, the, the impending struggles. I know what happens with institutions and the imparting of knowledge and who owns the knowledge. I know all those, you know, intermediate, really arduous steps. I know that. Um, and then I make the assumption, dot, 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 way down the line, there's an awareness. There's an awareness through generations. And so if I, I, but you make a good point. I, I do maybe need to do like, not to make it a claim or make it like, you know, factual and predictions because humans are poor at that, but I should get better with numbers and say something like a timeline and et cetera, which I think you can do. Right. If you were to talk about like, you know, just just guessing on some things, right. Um, on, uh, what would create that change and what would have to be embedded and how does it like, you know, kind of like the Steve jobs or, or Bill Gates announcements in the eighties or nineties, right. Of like of stuff that they said of, uh, what was it like a laptop on every, you know, and then Steve jobs obviously took it to another level and was like, well, I, I want to say the same thing, but it was, a uh, it was a device, you know, a device that you can get a whole bunch of things in, right? And and lo and behold, like we're close to being there, right? So it'd be like asking the question, like, you know, or maybe it's not Robbie. Tell me if I'm wrong, but like, well, why, you know, why do you have that phone, you know? And I I don't know, you know, I I got a lot of answers for it, but you see, like, it's it's just it's just inside the system. It's like it's 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 a part and process, um, and using the phone analogy. It's great that I could tell you stories about uh, what we learned about pulling that real long cord just to talk to that girl I wanted to talk to in high school. You know, like those are good stories to talk about it, which creates not only awareness, but an appreciation for the particular device I have in front of me. Right. Um, and so you can see I am here and I'm answering that simply, but I do know about the tradition. Um, to, I don't know if I carefully did that with a different uh, different form of technology.
1: No, I mean, that, that, that was helpful. I mean, I think one of the things I, you know, I understood what you were saying, but just wanted to clarify, cause that, that was very helpful for me is, you know uh, I mean, I kind of innately bristle against like, that's what you do. Um, I would say like, I, you know, with, to use a nutrition example, like I don't think anyone needs to have a PhD in nutrition to eat healthy, but like having some basic awareness about like, Oh, lots of vitamins and minerals, You know, I have a good psychological relationship. I'm less inflamed. You know, I mean, just some basic reasons because otherwise, well, parents said so and teachers said so, you know, we're back to Dr. Oz said so. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, there has to be some, it goes back to kind of our conversations about it's this delicate balance between, you know, obviously when you're a kid, there's, there's certain received wisdom that you just, even to get on in the world, you've just got to accept and deal with. Yeah. Um, but then later on, once you reach the A's of reason and you reach, you know, um, maturity and adulthood, like, yeah, if someone asked me why I have that phone, yeah, great question. That is a really good question. Philosophically, yeah. why am I doing this? Like, why, why do I have this thing? And is this helping my life? And so obviously, like you said, there will be different degrees to which different people in the future answer about, you know, fitness history or knowledge of why they're doing it. But like, uh, you know, if the answer was something like, uh, I don't know uh, well, that's just, you know, I, I was told to do it and I've been doing it for 20 years. That, yeah. That's means- is the
0: answer today, by the way, for a lot of people. Right. 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 And, yeah. they, and this is the thing, and they could be healthy. Do you know what I mean? Like, and yeah. that's what I'm saying. I just, I am just, in, I'm just interested personally in the next steps. I do believe that there has to be knowledge, uh, with the why and yeah. just keep going on with what you're doing. That's, that's my, that's my, my point. So, I just take a long, you know. It's a good question. It makes me strengthen my storyline for that long-term goal for fitness. Because uh, right now, if it's on a podcast and it's short, I just I go hard and like way too fast.
1: No, but I mean, it's it's, it's a good. But it's point. okay. It's all the time
0: I have. I can't. I can't. You know. I can't sit down and contemplate and play it out. So I appreciate the the no, reminder maybe- that I need to clarify that.
1: I mean, it's, it's a, it, you know, it's a, it's a big audacious uh, goal and it's, it's a good one, but yeah, just getting some, you know, there's a lot of virtue to it, but just, yeah, getting some clarity on, um, some of the things behind it. Um, so I think, I, come- I
0: think what ties in another, before you go there, I hope you got yeah. a reminder as to what you're going to get to there. Um, yeah. I think, uh, I wrote down a note here as we were getting through it and we, we did it kind of like tradition and fitness, but can we take a brief period of time just to Quickly get to the same area for fitness coaching. So, is that any different, or is that uh, like because like, this is what I spoke about on the CCP call this past week? We just had, um, by the way, a huge diversity around the globe this time, like the highest level I would say of diversity around the globe, like cool. countries on there that I was like, wow, like this is so fascinating that someone's listening in or someone's getting it. And a huge amount of gratitude based upon that. Um, I hope that doesn't sideline me, but, um, I asked the, I spoke of, cause I got to speak on that first call around this big hairy question. Like what, what is a coach, you know, like, whew, man, like, you know, two hours doesn't do it for me. Right. But I, I do my best to say, like, I throw in like historical context and I throw in public perception. I throw in, you know, this, this whole fancy and fun and interesting game of fitness, the not, you know, where it comes from. And then I start tiptoeing into this like career process and what teaching versus learning means and how teaching and learning must go together. And of course you can see what pulls in there, right? These truths of like, oh, wow, this job is going to be like 30 to 40 years. And holy fuck, did he just say autonomy for a client? Like, these are the things that that really like, you know, right away strike some, like I had numerous emails this time around. So the way I said it this time was the same way, but a little different, that really struck hard, good ones, right? But they were like, oof, like, I'm going to need some help in contending with these things, right? And again, I, I still say at the end of it, just as like a asterisk small print, this doesn't mean these are truths, but I just propose them to make you contemplate and think about alignment and what it is you want to do. And why are you smirking, Robbie? Because you felt that at one point in time. Did you? Oh you yeah. Know? I mean, but I I, okay. I I I love that stuff. But I mean, but yeah. Okay. I mean, yeah. Oh, you're yeah. smirking because you just you you would you you're like Michael Jackson with the popcorn, right? you're Like no, I mean no. I, I, I can just
1: imagine like the wide eyed doing a traditional
0: like, thing watching uh, this thing happen. The
1: wide-eyed CCP coach like your clients shouldn't need you. We should be doing this for 30 <laughs> to 40 years. Go. Okay. <laughs>
0: Yes. Yes, that's exactly. (laughs) And Why are you doing it? That's just what you do. (laughs) Just to top it off. (laughs) Just to like hit it home. Um, But I was speaking to them around, uh, you know, to try to get them inspired around, you know, this long, long term arduous goal of what I called the fitness master. And to be inspired about fitness mastery, not through popularity or not how they see the way the fitness universe operates today. And I tried to get them excited around, you know, uh, you know what that long-term project might look like, like even a concept of all the positives inside the long-term project of you learning and you helping other people learn about self-navigation and physical expression and all the wonderful things that can be inside of like just tr- trying physical challenges, right? And learning about yourself and all those things. And Robbie, I was I was stumped when I did some research afterwards when I made the statement of like of uh, giving them because I tried to give them some ideas of setting themselves up with other fitness masters that are around today, right? To have a mentor-mentee relationship or to and there's there's not a lot so it does make you question with this project of tradition of fitness coaching um there there's not a lot of people still around who were 20 something in the 80s that are still doing fitness and have like played out that timeline journey through the technician craftsperson fitness master phase to a point of you know, either education or, you know, sagedom or whatever that is, right? Not even like writing or podcasting or whatever. You know, it's like, am I, am I, staying, am I staying with me there? Like, you know, I just tried to use a, a, another parallel, which could be incorrect, but another vocation, like an engineer, right? It's like, da, 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 you know, 55, stop, you know, but, but, but if you go, well, all of these people are there from 50 to 55, there's a lot of them. and there's a lot of them that are really fucking good at that, you know? Um, And of course they can take on different roles and management, CEO and head of groups and et cetera, or really deep academic stuff, but man in fitness, there's not. So, you know, there's one thing is like, there's not a lot of tradition yet in fitness coaching. Yeah. Yeah. And so this leaves us with, you know, uh, you and I, and a lot of people to go through this time period of like trying to set tone for what is inspiring for people for a fitness career. Um, and we're doing, we're in the we're in the trenches weed through the weeds trying to figure it out. Like, what does it look like? Do I, do I need to have this knowledge of nutrition? My belief is that in the, in the next couple of years, this is biased because we want to really push that for this year, but you're, we're going to have to raise our ability in things like listening and attentiveness and communication and, and essentially behavior, you know? So I think the, you know, if we think that today there's a lot of people who think that, oh, you can't be a coach if you don't have lots of high standing and in nutrition information, uh, there's some truths to that. But I think over time, it's going to be the behavior aspect. It's going to be like, can you communicate with people? Can you can you really be empathetic to the life that they live and where fitness is going to fit in, et cetera. So I was lengthy on that, but that was a whole long winded thing to say in asking the question, like, is there tradition in fitness coaching? There's not.
1: No, I, I mean, there's, there's a lot of really good stuff in there. I, I had a few different thoughts on that. So one thought is um, you know, like we were saying it's relatively young. So that, that's, that's part of the situation. Just like, the first philosophers or the first priests or the first people who were uh, authors or something like that. You know what I mean? Like when this is first starting out, you're just kind of figuring it out. Secondly, just, you know, going back to like Maslow's hierarchy or even just, you know, pure, like on the ground sociological considerations, like, yeah, if you couldn't make money doing it, you know what I mean? Like, and you couldn't stay in this career the same way you could as like a engineer or an academic or things like that. And even those, those, those are things that like I'm sure as they were getting started, maybe you couldn't. Um, the third thought I had was, um, this is actually something I'd like to do a podcast on at some point. There's a guy named um, Thomas Kuhn, who's a famous historian of science and philosopher of science, but basically he wrote a book called The Structure of Scientific Revolutions. And one of the things he proposed was this idea that science goes through these stages of um, what he calls paradigm changes in normal science. So like Newton comes along, all our stuff gets tossed about and then a couple hundred years of normal science, then Einstein tosses it about in the normal science. So like right now with fitness coaching and even something like functional medicine, which is relatively new, like we're still trying to figure it out. Like we're in the stages of like conventional medicine a hundred years ago. There weren't, there weren't tons of medical schools. There wasn't a, there wasn't a tradition. I mean, obviously there were isolated forms of being a doctor in different cultures but that was a very it wasn't what we today call that um so we're really in this kind of and and one of the things he talks about in those paradigm uh shifting periods of time is that fundamental assumptions about what is what are constantly in flux Mm -hmm. so like once newton sets the tone on like this is what space is this is what Mm -hmm. time is now you can go do normal science yeah um, but during that time, like it's all in flux. So, you know, going back to a lot of the stuff we've discussed, a lot of these things are fundamentally up for grabs right mm-hmm. now, like these definitional concepts of like what it is to be fit, what it is to be healthy, what longevity truly means. Um, and maybe out of that normal science will come out. I, I don't know. There are are probably asymmetries between science and and the practice of fitness in a lot of different ways, but for sure. um, those, those are some of the things I, I think about as you were mentioning that.
0: Yeah. Cool. No, that uh, your language there also gives me a uh, good reason to go back and review that like future, you know, future concept of what an impact means and what success means and what, like, what does knowledge among the masses mean? And like clearly define that a whole lot better, um, for not only fitness, right. But for the fitness coach. Yeah. And that, uh, that's an arduous one too, because there's a lot of cofactors of, uh, of uh, institutions and knowledge, but an, also a positive light to it uh, is this thing called YouTube, which is an example of information that could that could easily get out there. And the negative side of that, then keep going on that one, is that uh, it's, if it's not going to be sensational, people are not going to be interested in listening to it. Right. Yeah, because I think of the medicine route, and I take uh, the same idea. I'm, a, I'm a, actually more of a history buff in one area, it would be biological medicine. Um, I I love the just because of my influence of the doctors that uh, I had or who were around me in my uh, my uh, starting knowledge around that um, for myself, my own health. But then, you know, uh, let's call it digging in is, uh, you know, um, going back to, you know, times of, uh, uh, you know, Socrates and, you know, others, um, you know, having these basic principles that are in place. And then seeing it play out over time a whole different way, you know, as things change and time change and culture changes and, and the reason for doing that. And I just find that fascinating how, you know, the doctor went from that and that whole transition from that into like the, not quickly in this terms, but to fixing things, right. And seeing, fixing things as a progression, you know, it's man, it's like, gosh. And of course there's lots of parallels to fitness for that. Right. Um, let's right. just fix, you know, your current lifestyle and we can do that with this, you know, exercise. Um, right. And, uh, it's like, oh my gosh, you know, game changing. Don't forget to put your picture up on the board after 12 weeks, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but, uh, then time goes on and then we're like, oh wow. You know, we probably should have said, what is our definition of success for the long term for this? And then we probably would have had a different decision-making on how, what we started with, you know? And back to fitness, we just don't have enough, you know, we don't have enough. Uh, I don't see, you know, well, you know where I sit on it. I definitely sit more pessimistically on that future. Like, well, maybe we'll all come to an agreement. It's like, I don't know, based upon what currently just happened over the past couple of ideas and just what information is and what the, what the definition of expertise is, what the definition of science is like, we're in a, we're definitely in an interesting time. For that, oh, yeah. like who holds that information and who should you trust in and what are the intentions behind that you know yeah uh, so
1: no that's true I mean I, I think in the conventional medicine one there, there's really that one is really interesting for a number of reasons but like going back to the paradigm shifting and the normal science like just because it gets settled on what the concepts are and what you should do doesn't mean the normal science is good yeah. right so like um, you know, when yep. when conventional medicine is essentially born, the top three reasons people die are all acute issues, mm-hmm. and it's that paradigm is born out of like, how do we stop these acute issues? And now, a hundred years later, a set of different issues, so now we need to redefine what that is. And yeah, I mean, I I can definitely see the reason for pessimism in a lot of different things. I I you know, one of my just because I like it and study it, and I, I know you have a background in it, but something like functional medicine to me and the functional approach gives me a lot of hope. It's like, it's just a very, it's a different philosophy or way of um, doing things that's born out of the inadequacies of the old paradigm. Um, And, you know, certainly not the solution to everything, but just, um, you know, hope that like people at a large scale level can step back, look at these implicit incorrect assumptions of the conventional paradigm and say, hey, wait, why don't we come up with a different paradigm and, and do things a little bit differently? So, yep,
0: Yeah. Yeah, well, uh, that's probably an offline conversation for us another time. Be interesting, because yep. I have some interesting thoughts on that too, of the, the things that uh, functional medicine is going to have to deal with or functional nutritional medicine is going to have to deal with um, is the uh, institutions and the, um, uh, the culture and the settings um, and the intentions of what's to gain by giving, you know, giving the knowledge and, uh, and then the interest in the knowledge from a huge host of people um, where it has ended up in that quote unquote project. Cause that project's been going on for 20 years. I was ironically, one of the early people that were kind of like the personal trainer at the functional medicine conferences. Right. So I was like there with Reed Davis and Charles Poliquin and Jeff Drabot, you know, and Reed is like, "Mm, you know, interesting. Um, So the, you know, it's, it's, it's being able to not turn it into just the, the exact same prey thing that medicine fall prey to, which is that a huge ton of people need the information, but the, but the person doesn't have the time to deal with the relationship, to change behaviors. And instead, what do you do? Not what you do, but what most people will do Here's this supplement, and so now you're doing the exact same thing in a whole different model. And I know this to be true, and sort of be going on with this. But guess who's buying all the functional medicine education and uh, nutraceuticals? It's big pharma. They're starting to purchase these folks outright because they know that that knowledge that's you know inside that system, um, maybe maybe coming down the road. So. People like you and others have to like, continue to push hard to say that we're going to do these diagnosis, diagnosis, and we're going to do these assessments. Um, but in the road to get there is not just this thing right here. Like it's, it's a lot on you. Like it's a lot of responsibility on you for your behaviors and the things you do and then et cetera, et cetera. Yeah.
1: Yeah, no, absolutely. Uh, let me run and get my power cord real quick and then we'll
0: wrap up because my computer is about to. Okay. What number are you at, by the way? I believe it's
1: thirty-four. I want to say.
0: Oh, you mean you got thirty-four percent left?
1: Oh, oh, I thought you meant the episode number.
0: Oh, sorry. Uh, yeah, I should ask that question earlier. Number thirty-four. Hmm. Gosh, first thing that comes to my mind is like, who is, what? Oh, was Walter Payton number thirty-four?
1: I'm not sure. Oh uh i'm not sure percentage-wise it basically flashed me something saying like your computer's about to shut off so oh shit that's where i was at sorry um so i think
0: walter payton was 34 great number
1: i I was wrong episode 33
0: oh patrick Roy, of course
1: jesus died at age
0: 33 i think he was 33
1: there's a non sequitur. um but I'm trying to think about the 33. So yeah, the
0: fitness coaching tradition, you know, that's a, um, yeah, we're, well, that's exciting, right? We're, we're in the throes of, of uh, writing history. That's a cool way to look at it, right?
1: And it's in response to, I think this is the other thing that happens with like philosophy, but other things, like it's re- in response to new things on the ground, just the same way the, you know, the definition or the discussion around like what it means to be human is, is, you know, in many ways related to what was going on a thousand years ago, but also very new now. Like the fitness coach is a response to a new set of circumstances, and yep. functional medicine is a response to a new set of circumstances that in a lot of ways did not exist. And like, what do we do now that we're here? Like, we aren't going back.
0: Yeah. You know, yep. what I mean? like,
1: yeah, we aren't going back. So, what do we do now that we're here? Yeah. Uh, so,
0: yeah. And I think in the interim, what we're trying to do, which is a big, hairy problem, is define what a fitness coach is. So that, that's also the, 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 big issue along the way, right. It's like, right. we're trying to build, we're trying to build systems. We're trying to build values. We're trying to build, dare we call it oaths, right. Of this practice. And we don't even know what we're called and we're, we we do not even know who we should pull into the conversation. You know, it's like, it, we're all clamoring, but you know, to your point, I'll use your optimism on the process that goes through in order to get to something that's a good rendition over time. I think that's, uh, one thing that I, that I did pick up on, um, I forget what was under on your notes of, you know, what we don't want to fall prey to is, and, you know, I got to pick this one of course, uh, because, because the book says so I think you put that in quotations, like whatever the (laughs) book is, right. Because the CrossFit journal said so. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Like, man, oh, man, um, you got to give it to them, right? Like, I mean, uh, what, a, what a way to, like, get a movement, right? And to get people all behind a concept and an idea uh, is to eloquently write those things to be, like, mind-numbing changes, right, in, in really how you're going to perceive it. Accessibility to everyone. The knowledge can be for everyone. This is how we can do it, you know? So, uh, but now we're years later in the concept of tradition in this short interim history of this, let's call it 20 years, right? Um, That would be argued by Greg, but I'd say like 20 years of its, it's, 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 how, how, uh, it's like bang, you know? And then there's like, you know, segmented areas of the bang um, that uh, we could say, well, what's the tradition inside of that? And it's still a lot of, well, because the book says so. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And even to the point, dude, where there's like children of pe- of people who I'm, li- I'm talking to now, and they're now injected with it.
1: And that's, I mean, that to me is what's so interesting sociologically, because it mir- mirrors a lot of what happens with religion, too. So, you know, uh, Jesus or Buddha, whoever you want to reference, like in a lot of ways, that was the paradigm shift, like these, this questioning of these old paradigms and like, hey, is this the right way to think about things? But then very suddenly thereafter that becomes dogmatism. So like, you know, I think both of us would give credit where credit's due, even though we disagree, like that what is fitness article is philosophy in fitness. Like that is a really good philosophical question. And like, mm-hmm. you know, well, we may disagree about, you know, the 10 fundamental, you know, sort of physical skills, but like that central point about like, really? The dude who does an Iron Man is the best paradigm of fitness, and like someone who can lift a certain amount or like do a certain amount of pull-ups. Like, where do they even fit? Like, no, 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 no. Let's 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 broaden this horizon and ask these questions. But then, okay, we had that you know dogma breaker, so to speak. But then it became incredibly dogmatic thereafter. Yeah, it was like this is the way the light and the truth. Yeah, uh-huh. and I, mean, yep. I cannot disagree with that. It's just yeah. it's
0: crazy. All because all because the black box summit was one like intervening point of that. Some people who had practiced in that area said, there are other options that you can do in parallel to this. That's when the veil gets pulled over everyone's eyes where everyone's like, Oh, wait now, that's not what the book says. And here you have the splicing, right? The splicing of we got to hold the standard for the next so many years you know, look where it gets you.
1: Irony of ironies, because they were supposed to be the ones bringing together, you know, the repetos and the, you know, uh, Rob Wolf and uh, you know Greg Everett and all, all these all these different folks from these different traditions within within
0: fitness mm-hmm. to, uh, talk to each other. Um, but yeah, well, we did talk to each other. All those people did, right. But then when you talk to the one person who was inside that thing that brought us all together, yeah, there was no talk. It's like, no, 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 you can't, you can't say that. You can't say that, uh, you know, touch and go barbells. Um, if for the wrong person at the wrong time is extremely fatiguing on the nervous system, you know, um, you can't say, and this is what, that's what I said. And I also said, uh, bodybuilding, you know, to be short answer people's question, bodybuilding for a number of years will allow people to participate in this far more effectively. And then maybe you might win over time, you know, you know, I also said third one, you should have these multiple systems, have an entry system of personal training into CrossFit classes, and then you can have an autonomy program design OPT model on the back end. You know, I put that up all on the board, you know, everyone taking notes, all my future CCP coaches getting ready to just put the credit card through to sign up for what I had to offer for education. Right. And the whole back room is like, well, this is not going to (laughs) work for what we had in mind.
1: Right. And I mean, correct me if I, you would obviously you were there, so you'd know way better than I would, but it it probably wasn't something like you know, no I don't think that would work but I would you know be willing to sit down and discuss that with Jane but no that won't fucking work. Let's get him the fuck out of the you know what I mean the movement that that type thing.
0: Yeah, the classic line was choose your friends more wisely. That's an indirect way of saying yeah, it's either our way or the highway. Um <laughs> just to have some humor around it. <laughs> Greg and Dave fought over a fucking medball clean. Like <laughs> just think <laughs> about this. Humans going at it uh about a med ball clean like personal attacks because you know greg was like yeah you know this is fucking stupid this is what a clean is with a barbell and this is why we do it and this is forced development and position of the spine and co-contractions and etc um and then you know dave's comment which caused a kerfuffle right but just think about it just two people adults just going at that concept, mind blowing, mind blowing. But the, so much, you know, that made so much sense, right? After the fact, like, gosh, you know, how, you know, let's give it to Dave, how admirable to hold the standard to what you know is like, what has to be the the doctrine and the truth, right? You know, cause he, and I me mean, it was like, wait now, I don't think, you know, he probably calculated this very quickly. I probably had some other things with Greg, too, behind the scenes no one knew about. All fair, right? Um, But in this public uh, manner, probably could have went about asking some tougher questions, you know, to Greg at that point in time. But instead just went like <laughs> right to the throat with the with the fat fucker or whatever, you know, commentary came out there. All over a med ball and, and doctrine. That's what it was about. But just let's just be empathetic here. Imagine if, imagine if you didn't have the competency, right? You don't have lots of competency. And I'm not saying this about Dave whatsoever, but imagine if you didn't have the competency, let's call it an exercise fizz and like tremendous background, right? And you you put together manuals and manuals for not only coaching clients, but manuals for coaching coaches for clients that you want spread amongst thousands of different facilities, right? And you really think there's a lot of good inside of that language of that particular thing that you just spent maybe months on developing. And then you come to this setting where everyone's going to talk about your things. And then someone gets up and goes, that that's fucking stupid. You know, you gotta, you gotta have a little bit of uh, understanding as to what brings about that, mm, you know, issue and tension right? Because I, I I was quickly able to, at this point in time now, put myself in that position, right? And say, you know, when someone does that to me after what I think is like really honestly powerful and and then someone's like, ah, you know, and I quickly know right away, it's like, yeah, that is fucking stupid. <laughs> then what do I do about it, right? <laughs> For me personally, I just sit back and go, oh gosh, you know, that was so good. I, I really need to rewire that. But that's what I'm saying. If you don't have those, skills to do that you know just have some empathy
1: one might say philosophical reflection or the ability to uh to pause and yeah
0: yes yes yeah. right that's what that's what uh, yeah that's for that's it
1: but i i do think that example is a good example of like both of what can be good within traditions and bad within traditions so i'm like i mean one of, one yes. of the things that actually drew me to crossfit very much so. And I think this is also what drew me to philosophy, but also functional medicine and stuff like that is like, I personally, for me, I've always been interested in these disciplines or endeavors that like, you know, philosophy, philosophy of music and art and religion and and math and history and stuff like that. And CrossFit is, you know, strongman and Olympic lifting and powerlifting and aerobics and all this. So that was always interesting to me, but like the idea of bringing all those different traditions together with experts in those fields and crosstalk, uh, that, that's a very interesting notion. And then there's the flip side of the holy shit with tradition, which is it's very easy for traditions to lapse into um, dogmatism, into ours is the best and we are the way, the light, and the truth. And um, it's hard to resist that. I mean, CrossFit's kind of lost its ascendancy at this point, uh, rightly so, in a lot of ways. But, um, you know, at the time when it's all exploding, it's hard culturally to be like, well, what about this? <laughs> you probably know better than anyone else. Like yeah. um, saying that stuff. So it's uh, it's important when things explode culturally or when everyone else is saying you should be doing this, like maybe you should, but maybe you should also have independence of mind and rethinking and ask just like, should we or should we
0: not? Yep. Yep. Um, yeah, man, that's a philosophical uh, conundrum there of uh, trying to get into the minds of all those coaches who, you know, did the weekend and, and had an aha moment and bought the affiliate rights for their area and had great intentions. You know, it's hard yeah. to get inside of all those minds. Um, and uh, it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's a difficult, it's a difficult one for what I, I quickly get to in the, the answer for it all, if we were to rewrite it, which is impossible, but it's fun as just a concept to thought experiment it. Um, if the personalities were just to move aside, I think it would been, it would have been a, a positive firestorm. I think actually, I don't think it needed all of its vitriol and, and personality and sensationalism. Because the concept which was underpinning it, and I, you always wonder back to like <laughs> what Greg was thinking at the time, you know, that's what I always think about, is like Greg needed to, and the company needed to when it transitioned over to Eric. It needed to go back to that point in time of Greg's like philosophy and and the, the things that sparked that intention. And the company needed to go back to that and say like, what was that that made you think about this movement? Because it was more than just the fucking mixed modalities. You just hit the nail on the head for it. It was like everyone in, you can have your say, you could say, this is how you do it, right? I'm gonna say, this is a possible method right? But I'm going to welcome however you want to play with this and use it and fucking mess with it and sleep with it. You can become obsessed around it. Sure. There's limits to that. He always said that. But then he always always said, like, if someone comes in and says, I got an idea, right? He'll say, try it. Try it out with my athletes. Try it out with these people, right? And there was years, in case people don't think there wasn't, there was years of this successfully, successfully, so that would that would be the antidote to a metaphorical hypothesis of refixing that was if the personalities just fucking left it alone, it would have reached I think a better standard of what I think the initial intentions were for its impact on fitness. and that's fucking sad.
1: Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, and again, you certainly know these people way better than I do, but just from outsider looking in like as I came into CrossFit roughly around the time of the black box summit and Rob Wolf and all this different stuff. Like, I think I've mentioned this asymmetry before, like in what I saw, obviously in any movement, there's dogmatism, but like, if you look at the course of the paleo movement in the past, you know, since 2010 versus CrossFit with like the double Russell's and Dave and Greg, and where you know, just very, very strong personalities. However you want to call it just like there was some progression of dogmatism and other things like that. And, and two things that were intertwined at one point in a, in a lot of ways. And like, there just wasn't this level of dogmatism in the one or like character assassination or, you know, other things like that, where there really was in the other. And again, I think tying it back into tra- tra- tradition, this is another important thing to remember. Like sometimes things are entrenched because they are the right things and there's good reasons behind them. But also sometimes it's because there are big personalities behind them who just, you know, Character assassinate others, and then that's what gets entrenched. So, like this is why it's so important to be able to rationally reflect and not just say the book says so, or you know, the elders say so. Or like, the journal says so. Exactly. Like we do on the one hand really want to try to respect people who have wisdom and who have more lived experience. Like we don't want to reject it outright, but have the courage, you know. I think uh I forget exactly how Kant put it, but you know, have the courage to think for yourself. You know what i mean have the courage to reflect yeah. on that stuff so
0: yeah yeah and they just uh yeah kind of because the the courage think for yourself just they didn't allow that over time right it was like no you've got to you got to put this shirt on and, and pump this and that that's what was lost which is unfortunate but but again that's why we're right here too that's positive to it right is yeah. we thought oh they'll still be open-minded Although I may not seem like I'm open-minded, that's just short, I just use shorthand publicly to make it seem like I'm closed-minded on <laughs> progression, uh, uh-huh. but I'm open-minded to what, what's to come and how to mix that all together. I think yeah, to summarize, pretty- that was a great summary of that. And also just a, somewhat of a summary too, is to, uh, uh, I think the, uh, to lean back on one of my mentor, Bernie's uh, words, he would say, you gotta organize all those the, all that information And then you got to be able to orchestrate it, Um, but you got to be able to orchestrate it in a way, and this is the key point for tradition and time and et cetera. That gets synthesized, right? That that gets inside. That can run itself, and it works, and it helps everyone. Those are powerful words. Um, Yeah. No, I
1: I think that's a very good point it's not just the accumulation of different facts it's how do they all interrelate and can you can you have i mean going back to what you were saying like you know you being open-minded and you know that discussion at the black box summit we've talked about this before like when you're on a podcast when you're having a discussion with someone can you just enter the space of reasons you know i i don't You've never that's said to me, no, I'll never say to you, like, uh, you know, <laughs> I've never heard you say to me, well, fuck you, Robbie, that's stupid. Like, you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. it, it's, it's the space of reasons where it's like, oh, well, why do you think that? And I lob a reason over the net and then you lob one back. And, but you can always tell when someone's kind of flying in the face of that, when they're like uh, an ad hominem attack, screw you. You don't know what you're talking about instead of like engaging with the idea.
0: Yeah, well, this ties us back to the, our initial starting point of long-term podcast and long conversation is what i think humans are striving for is to listen to people talk out almost like listening to a comedy comedian talk about some truths that no one wants to talk about but it allows people to in long form listen to people talk out something that they know there's a 3 minute bit on it somewhere else that they know inside of it is like it's not enough there's not like you know, just for James to say, just autonomy, like, fuck him, right, but then listen to two hours, the back and forth and the in-betweens, and the, yeah, I think that, uh, I think to today, that's tough to do, I don't know, it's tough to do, uh, but, uh, but hey, but hey, we'll, we'll go on, we'll keep going, we'll I'm be making, back.
1: People who are driving to, you know, it's two hours from South Bend to Chicago, so people who are making their commute, from South Bend to Chicago can pop on a podcast and
0: wow, I didn't know it was way there and
1: wait one way back. So uh,
0: or in- trains?
1: Trains, they could do that too.
0: Uh but is a train, is a two hour train?
1: Uh about two and a half. There's a South Shore line that runs. It's kind of like a commuter train that runs multiple times a day uh from South Bend directly to uh directly to downtown Chicago.
0: Cool. Cool. Man, I didn't know it was that long. Yeah.
1: But we are technically closer to Chicago than we are to Indy yeah 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 all right well i really enjoyed that one
0: yep yeah likewise thanks for the uh as always for the uh proposal of that particular target and topic to jam on um make sure you smash the like button if you it's do have one if you're listening or you hear anything maybe you don't even if you're listening to podcasts, there isn't something just go just put your finger in the air, and just like eh, like violently for 10 seconds do it we, we won't get anything from it there's no bits and bytes that it's connected to but we know you're doing it yep. right so smash that like button otherwise uh give us a five-star review you know even if you hate it uh just simply because listen this is our livelihood yeah we don't we're not like you. I will not be able to feed my family if you don't uh, bring our standing of FIP up. Uh, so there's a little bit of shame uh, inside of uh, why you need to do it, regardless of your thoughts of what was discussed inside. I mean, your thoughts don't matter. It's uh, just hitting five stars. You don't even really need to comment.
1: Yeah. You know, just, just five stars for the,
0: the Robbie's the greatest. You know, something like that. Just do that one, okay? Yeah. Um, and then uh, what else? Smash the like button. Hit five stars. And make and sure to turn on And subscribe.
1: Notifications with that little ding bell. Have you seen that? Oh I, yes, I mean, get
0: notifications yeah. when you know uh, you can get notifications of what Robbie and I are doing every day. You can hit hit the notification button. We'll tell you what we're up to, uh, what we had for breakfast, uh, the next topic. You know, other meanderings. You
1: should be reading a book or talking with your loved one, but you can actually get interrupted to hear that you know James went to the bathroom or while. Yeah. Yeah, that was the fifth. P.
0: <laughs> Ding. Ding. I mean, if you want to, right? So hit the notification button so you know we're up to subscribe. However, you can do that. You can subscribe to our podcast, right? Yeah. Yeah. Like us and give us a five star review. Smash the like button.
1: And for an extra $10 a month for our insider circle, we will philosophically berate you. You can send us your yep. ideas and we will, yep. So.
0: Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's the next thing. Iteration, right? We've okay. set up a Substack. Don't worry. It's a low cost. It's only $59 a month. I know it seems higher than what most people are doing, but we believe, you know, our method is different than everyone else's. Um, we're going to have everyone in there with differing opinions. <laughs>
1: Fitness and philosophy plus.
0: Yes, that's prime. what it's called. Prime. Fitness and philosophy prime. Yeah, that. Yeah. Yeah. Plus is so outdated. It's prime. Fip Fip prime. Fip prime.
1: Stay tuned for that, guys. Coming soon. Alrighty. Take care. All right.